0: Check the mic and make sure
1: it sounds right, boys. Welcome to episode two forty three, Joe Narrows Laratro, part of the Wise Guys series. In the Lucchese crime family, we're going to discuss how the king of gambling for Corona created an empire for the Lucchese crime family. We're going to dive into that and much more, but first we want to give our condolences to the Chicago Police Department in the recent shooting and death of Officer Elia French and you know, there's it, you just there are no words. She leaves behind a child of two months. And again, this is the atmosphere that a lot of politicians have created a disrespect for police, a disrespect for authority. And this is always going to be the outcome that you're going to have to start burying officers. And it's sad. At the end of the episode, I, I want to give a brief audio portion of the actual shooting. And for those that have been in uniform or are active in uniform doing the job, you're going to relive a portion of this audio in your own personal lives. You're going to know the urgency behind this audio. You're going to know how this audio is going to change people's lives forever. You've live, relived it a 100 times, and you don't want to ever relive it again. For those that are not in the capacity of law enforcement, If this doesn't make your heart race, if this doesn't make you a little bit more apprehensive about the times that we live in, then there's something seriously wrong with you. So we'll share that at the end of the video. And once again, our condolences to her family, her friends, and of course, her agency, the Chicago Police Department. How do you get in contact with us? It's easier than ever. RaiderCop.com takes you to the audio portion of our website where you can hear episodes from number one to number 243. And Raider Cop Nation is our official website. We can get more information on us. We're also completing and should be finished by the end of the week our A Wall section on the website. Of course, you can hear our audio. Podcast wherever you get your podcast, we're everywhere. Just look us up, rate a cop, rate a cop nation, or rate a cop podcast, and you will find us. That part of the episode where we have to discuss the three sad and depressing stories of the train wreck in the White House, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And it's time to hear about your bipolar uncle. <laughs> calm of the
0: mental with her bipolar uncle bipolar
1: our first train wreck takes us to Uncle Joe overjoyed and happy interrupted his vacation to celebrate the one point whatever trillion dollar infrastructure budget that recently got approved of course whether it's one two, three, four trillion, doesn't matter. It's like when we were kids, we used to say, it's a gazillion dollars, it doesn't matter. It's like Godzilla, you're never gonna get to that level. And they're overjoyed. But in this scandal, what's even worse, is that 19 Republicans all of a sudden found favor in Uncle Joe, the corruption and the envelope should be getting bigger, bigger, and bigger as Republicans crossed the line, masked and in disguise, to kill America slowly with Uncle Joe. Our second story takes us to New York State, where Andrew, I didn't do it, it was just the way I am Cuomo, recently stepped down and resigned as the governor of the Empire of New York. To the delight of a gazillion people, they couldn't take him another minute minute, babbling and babbling and babbling about how he is and why he is the way he is and that he knows he did wrong, but it's the way he is and... If he did it, then he really didn't mean to do it because that's the way he is. And in that wacky world of trying to understand what this moron is actually saying, billions of people were saying, when are you leaving? Not so fast. He says, 14 days. 14 more days of torturing the citizens of the state of New York. All 14 of them, I think, that are left. It's amazing. And our last story takes us to the United States Senate, which is looking for a big, big payday. And they've given thumbs up and the finger to Americans all across America on the $3.5 trillion budget that they're about to pass. Of course, they want you to believe that there's nothing sinister going on they've got to waste all this money it will take decades and decades and decades to pay if we ever do pay it back because none of these things were ever done because of that evil pumpkin man that was in the white house for four years he interrupted this buffoonery that we're doing now Republicans slowly masking themselves and crossing over to the other side of chaos to destroy America in a $3.5 trillion budget saying to everybody with a straight face on television, this is needed. Recently, the gun owners of America have warned us that within that budget, there is hidden language on gun control with community measures against nonviolence which will actually fund the confiscation of guns in the future. Of course, according to the wacky left, that's all a bunch of nonsense. We believe in the Second Amendment, just like you do. We love guns. And sadly enough, there are Republicans on the other side that are just baffled by the BS, actually believe it, and say tomorrow will be a better day. Well, it's time now for that funny joke because we need to snap you out of this bad feeling of listening to these stories. So here we go with our funny joke. Don't forget, at the end of the joke, it's your turn to laugh. So I picked one that would be a little bit more to the subject of politics. And it goes something like this. If con is the opposite of pro, then is Congress the opposite of progress? Well, if you're not going to laugh, then don't cry either. You know, it's either or. Today's episode 243, Joe Narrow L'Oratro, we are going to talk about how... A member of the Lucchese crime family befriends the boss, the family of the boss, becomes a made member, learns the rackets at an early age of 12, and all of a sudden, he gets thrown into position of capo regime. And he massed an empire in gambling for the Lucchese crime family that would make them about $15 million a year. Now, in today's standards, you might say, well, oh, it's only 15 <laughs> it ain't nothing. We are going back uh, to the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. And that's a whole lot of money for that era and for the consistency that it was done. Part of the Wise Guys series, we dive into the Lucchese crying family and we continue to look at Corona Queens. It was a strategic location picked by Tommy Brown Lucchese, the boss of the family, that he instilled and gave that to his younger brother, Joe Brown Lucchese, and they created a gambling mecca empire. So, clowns are almost ready setting up. There you go. And we are ready for episode 243 Joe Narrow's Laratro. Episode 243 Joe Narrows Laratro would be born Joseph Laratro in 1916 in the confines of Corona, Queens. While growing up there, he began as a numbers runner in in the 1930s at a very young age. This would teach him the operations of policy, gambling, started off small, just running errands, but started to learn the industry at a very young age. He would grow into controlling policy and Corona, Elmhurst, and Jackson Heights. So these are three sections in Queens. He would basically be doing it under the umbrella of the Lucchese-Crime family. And he would also be doing it with the blessing of the underboss at the time, which is Tommy Brown Lucchese. He would grow in influence and knowledge in the area of policy and numbers to the point that he started to really impress a lot of people. But you see, Joe Narrows had a very influential friend that he befriended at a very young age in the 1930s by the name of Joe Lucchese, brother of Tommy Brown Lucchese. Joe Brown, as he was known as, would at the time get involved in Colstra and Ulster, become a soldier for a short time and promoted by his underboss brother to Jean And they would look at the area of Corona Queens as their home headquarters area. And the instructions from Tommy to Joe Brown Lucchese was create an empire within the structure. Why Corona? We discussed that before when we looked at Joe Brown's uh, episode. It was an Italian, it was a highly Italian area at that time. Recruitment for closter and ulcer is a must. I mean, you need to find a place where there are young Italian boys or men growing up. You can identify who they are and you really don't have to worry about undercover operatives and all this other stuff. And so for the Lucchese crime family, Corona Queens was that area. They would move from East Harlem in in Manhattan to that area. So Joe Narrows would befriend Joe Lucchese. He would be inducted in the Lucchese crime family at a very young age, probably sometime in the late 30s or 40s, and he would just go straight into what he was good in, and that was gambling and policy, and we'll have the definitions to all that stuff down in the show notes, the type of gambling and so forth that they were into. Um, he would become a made member of the lucchese Karen family, as I said, and by and assigned to, he would be assigned to his buddy, Joe Brown. Now, Joe Lucchese was a cop from regime almost from the word go. And, you know, Joe had a, a very powerful ally in his brother, Tommy Lucchese. And we've talked about him several times. He is the underboss at this time of the Gargolano family, but he's the acting boss because the real boss wants to be pretty much uh, incognito. So he doesn't really come out much. He really doesn't look at the troops. He doesn't attend commission meetings, sit-downs, or anything like that. He sends Tommy Brown to do that. So Tommy Brown, which is Tommy Lucchese, is the underboss, In actuality, he's running both positions, boss and underboss. Of course, he's checking in with the boss, but the latitude of doing what he needs to do to bring in money is definitely given to him. He, in turn, turns around and gives it to his brother, Joe, to create what he needs to create in the area of Corona Queens. Joe's friendship with Joe Narrow would be strong. He knew his roots in gambling he knew how smart he was in developing of the operation. Once he was made member, he was put in Joe Brown's crew and they would amass a fortune. It, the money would pour in massively to the point that it really took the attention of a lot of other Made members in the Lucchese crime family. Again, the amount that they would bring in is somewhere in the area of fifteen million dollars a year. And we discuss how it might seem like very little today, but you put those dollars from back then to today, uh, those numbers would would be outrageous. It would almost look like Joe Biden's infrastructure bill. They controlled gambling, rackets, bookmaking, dice games, poly- and, and card games. And each one of them were their own separate empire of making money. Joe Narrows would be in control of all of that, basically making a free, stress-free environment for Joe Brown Lucchese. As a result, those great success stories that were happening under Joe Narrow were seen by now boss Tommy Brown Lucchese as he becomes the top man after 1951 and once he comes into the helm he gives Joe Narrow the nod to become a couple in the same area next to his brother. The regard for Joe Narrow was that strong that he was seen as a member of the immediate family of Tommy Lucchese. They were both not even competing against each other. They were actually allies. So giving Joe Narrows that position a capo was just more of a gratitude thing than anything else. It wasn't like, okay, you're a capo now, so you're going to make more money. He was just pouring in the same amount of money that was coming in and doing basically the same amount of work, but that was the gratitude that Tommy Lucchese was paying back. The feds would call uh, Joe Narrows the overlord of gambling for the Lucchese crime family. It was notable right away from federal authorities doing investigations who controlled gambling. And that attention would leave Joe Brown Lucchese and kind of hit Joe narrow. And maybe that would be a reason why he was promoted to copper. But nevertheless, they both were copper regimes and the authorities knew that. So it, it really didn't imply much. But how important was Joe Narrows? Well, let me tell you, in 1957, he would be identified by authorities in attending the mob summit in Alapetra, New York. So this is the famous commission meeting with uh, Costa Nostra members from all around the country that Vito Genovese would call to order because he had just taken over the Luciano family. As a result, they just had a major commission meeting in 56. There was no need to have one in 57, but Vito insisted because he wanted to be crowned. Capo de tu te capi, or better known as boss of bosses. No doubt, some people put dimes in payphones. Alerted the authorities that were waiting in this upstate New York area, and they would arrest massive amounts of mobsters. And all of them were charged at one point or another with uh, dealing with known felons. A lot of them were on probation and parole and all this other stuff. And the mask of Costa Nostra, the secrecy, would be exposed based on who was at this meeting. Because a nobody was not at this meeting. A driver of a car was not at this meeting. Uh, a low-level associate was not at this meeting. It had to be somebody important in the family and important to the leadership of the family. Joe Narrows would be one of these men that were identified in 1957, accompanying. Tommy Lucchese. Joe Valachi, the world-renowned snitch back in the 60s, would identify Joe Narrows and Joe Lucchese as copper regimes in the Lucchese-Cram family and dealing in the area of gambling. Joe Narrows, right-hand man is extremely important and he himself will grow in statute and position in the Lucchese Grand family will have a story on him soon and that's Neil Miori. Now what Joe Narrows is doing is he has been the right hand man of Joe Brown Lucchese for decades and then gets promoted to copper copper regime. Well he took a young individual under his wing that knew policy gambling just as good as he did to keep this thing alive. And that mentorship was vital for the success of Costa Nostra for decades to come and futures to come. It kind of gone to the wayside nowadays. It's every man for himself, but not back then. You were mentored on the business that you were good at and bringing in money to keep that flow coming in. He, Joe Narrows, would also be a close associate of Carmine Trumonti, and we discussed him in the French Connection. So he had, it was well liked within the high ranks of the Lucchese crime family because he was low-key, he was, a straight shooter, and he was an earner. And as a result of that, he had a lot of friends within the family. 1967, Tommy Lucchese would die of uh, brain cancer, and Joe Narrows decided to start packing up his stuff and retiring, as he had already been in the business for about 40 years. And he would retire to South Florida, relocating in Hallandale. He would obtain and purchase a garbage catering business. Of course, there is a favorite appetite of Costa Nostra to have businesses like the garbage catering, the private garbage haulers. They make money. They control unions. And he said, well, this would be a nice steady income for me while I live off my royalties of millions of dollars that have poured in for decades and decades for the Lucchese crime family. In 1989, Joe Narrows would pass away of a stroke. He lived peacefully in Hallandale. And really, after... 1967 started dropping out of Kostra Nostra business, never got arrested, never came up on any wiretaps or anything like that after that. And that is because these transactions were negotiated and dealt with years earlier. Back then, the and Nostra, they were very smart on the exit strategy. And The same would happen to Joe Brown. After the death of his brother, Tommy Lucchese, he would slowly drift away and not become part of the limelight or anything like that. And uh, these people had empires and they amassed a lot of money and they just went off into the sunset, which today, you really don't see that much. You do every once in a while, but you really don't think of Costa Nostra as having a retirement package. And in closing out this episode, uh, 243, I want to talk about one of the businesses that he had gotten into, Joe Narrow had gotten into with Joe Lucchese, probably back in in, uh, the 50s, maybe. It was called... Lobrosco Scrap Metal Inc. of Corona. Now, the scrap metal business or the junkyard business is a huge moneymaker for Costa Nostra. The Lucchese crime family strategically placed in Corona these junkyards and these scrap metal places. Right close to Shea Stadium and where they do the U.S. Open today. That used to be and still there is sections that are still there with uh, scrap metal and the junk, junk cars and junk auto business, which as everybody knows, makes money, okay? So a lot of their profits in gambling, they would turn into legitimate businesses. This is one of them, I'm sure it was sold at some point and that would make for a comfortable exit. The old timers, the Costa Nostra bosses of those days always had exit strategies because they knew that good things all come to an end. And they knew there was only other ways to leave the family business. And that would be in a pine box or forced into a jail cell they decided to be smart and know when to leave sometimes we don't know when to leave and we're still hanging on alright so now I want to close the show with as I said earlier when we first started that if you've been in uniform or you are active in law enforcement what you're about to hear will, will move you there's no doubt It's something that lives in the memory banks of these officers. And no doubt what you'll hear, if you have ever served in law enforcement, is something that will change lives forever. And it's something that's highly emotional. The work of the dispatcher was exceptional. The dispatcher kept control of an uncontrolled situation. That's not easy to do. You know, law enforcement personnel, whether sworn or civilian, are human beings, and they have emotions. And it's in these times where the average person choose to run away from the problem, they have to run towards the problem. On this audio that you're about to hear, there are several things happening. One of them is a shootout with law enforcement. The other one is injured officers. The dispatcher has to coordinate a perimeter to catch the bad guys, and he also has to coordinate the rescue of the officers that have been shot. No easy task. You can't really learn this in a book and say, okay, I took the course, I know. This is something that comes through experience, and my hat goes off to That dispatcher in Chicago, excellent job. And again, our condolences to those officers that lost their own in this shootout. A young woman of 29 years old that left a small child, a daughter of two months behind. I don't care where you stand in the political spectrum. If you could justify it, you're an animal. Because I can't. I cannot justify it. So let's do the uh, word of of the week. Then we'll play the audio version of this. And we'll leave you with that audio version. Understanding the struggles that every law enforcement hero in this country lives. Don't know if you're ever going to see your family again. And you're willing to take that risk to serve. From the book of Mark, chapter 8, verse 35, it says, For whoever desires to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it.
0: Mel Black, he's running six three and Bell, 7637 after to get the air. Mel Black, the blue Cubs jersey, really what's he wanted? Four six three in Bell. Mel Black, blue, what you got? Blue. <laughs> down. I got an officer down, 10-1, ten one, ten one, six three and Bell. Officer down, officer down, shot fired at the police. Officer down, Mel Black, a blue Cubs jersey. He's the police, 6-3 and bail, give me some units. 7-1-3. Stay off my air, stay off my air. Everybody stay off the air. I got an officer down, 6-3 and bail, start rolling. I got an officer down, 6-3 and bell. officer side, officer side, officer down, 6-3 and bail, give me some units. I want a perimeter set up at a location looking for a male black and a blue cub shirt, a blue cub shirt with a male black perimeter set up, two blocks east north. Alright, guys, stop the car. The The temple. Guys, listen. the uh-huh. We got two officers down. We need a perimeter, guys. Six three. We got two in custody right now. Two in custody. I need a perimeter, guys. About a route to the hospital. Give me one. We need to do We to do We need to do We need to do We take what i doing. we We're going to USC Hospital. USC Hospital. Set me up a perimeter. To USC Hospital, guys around. We have an officer in our car. We're going to USC uh, with him. We're going down 63rd to uh, State. State to 5555, over. Listen to the officer. Officer's go to Holy Cross. Down to trauma center. we got to get him to a trauma center, guys. Take him to USC, They're a trauma center. <laughs> go to USC, Don't go to Holy Cross. Down an to trauma center. Take him both to USC for now. UFC. Approaching 6030 offset. Ah, Approaching 6'3 and offset now. 6'3 and offset. All, all unit 63. Damon and Weston block. We're going to U.S.C. officer. Ah. Okay, we got you guys. Let's call out the location of where you're at. U.S.C. is notified. 731 with the conditions. Up Seminite. 731 with the conditions. That's your partner Rap. C O Rap. He's with us. T.O. Rap officer in your vehicle. He's talking right now, squad. But... Okay, team 4 Whoever has my other officer, what's going to be the guy? First, what do you think? He's not responsive. He's unconscious. He's looking for from the base. I'm heading right now. North, on 67 take you down in Halston. I'm about to take you just down. All team 10-4. We got him going, guys. First, squad, Not my first. Okay, listen to me. Take that damn vest off right now and start compression. Start breathing. Whatever we got to do, start it now. While you're driving, the officer in the back with her, take the vest off and start compressing. Now, you got the air. Uh, almost 15 minutes ago. Okay, excellent. Keep it rolling, baby. Keep it rolling. We got it coming. They know you're coming in. And Guinness and I have USC Hospital. Have those doors open for me. Have them open, guys. Have them ready. Go ahead, boy. boy, boy, We got the male officer here. They got him in the all right now. Side door to the emergency. Is open. Bring him right, to the emergency room side. Bring him to the emergency room side, guys. Guys, male officers, go to the yard. Bring him to the emergency room. And the other female officer, please get her in there, guys. Make it quick. Be safe getting there, to make it quick. All right, three, by my partner so we can get me to over here to help recover.